What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Dan of the band Incendiary over Zoom video. Dan was born and raised on Long Island in New York and talked about how he got into music. His dad is a guitar player, so he introduced him not only to guitar, but to a bunch of 80s metal bands, uh, Molly Crew and Guns N' Roses, those type of artists. But Dan started playing drums at a very early age. He joined the school band in third grade, eventually got a full drum kit, and started his first band in seventh grade. Dan told us about some of the bands he was in in high school, how he met the other members of Incendiary, and all about the band's brand new album, which is called Change the Way You Think About Pain. You can watch our interview with Dan on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Incendiary. Hey, what's up, Danny? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well myself. Thank you. Awesome. Well, um, I'm Adam, and this is about you, uh, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new album. All right. Cool. I'm into it. Sweet. Um, bands from Long Island. Are you originally from New York? Yeah. Yeah. Lived here my whole life. In Long Island? Born and raised in Long yeah. Island? Yeah. Yeah, on Long Island. Uh, wow. What was that like? Um... I, it's just, uh, you know, suburban sprawl, <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm 41, 41. Yeah. 41. Uh, something like that. Um, so it was like a lot of like riding bikes and knocking on your friends' doors and sports in the streets, stuff like that. Sure. I grew up in the suburbs of San Diego and I'm 38. Yeah. So it's similar, similar vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. imagine, Yeah. 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 Uh, do you come from a musical household? Yeah, my dad uh, was a guitar player um, in high school and stuff and uh, was just really into a lot of music in general and kind of stayed like current with like 80s metal and like hair metal and popular like rock music and stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got me into a lot of stuff. Oh, that's cool. That's cool yeah. that he was into metal too. Yeah, yeah. It was like um, like Motley Crue and uh, Def Leppard and Guns N' Roses. It was all stuff that like he was into that he was like showing me when I was like, seven and eight years old that's awesome did you start off on guitar no you no, play drums no. right but but yeah yeah drums is the only thing i know how to do <laughs> uh, okay i, I, I wasn't sure because dad being guitar player i wasn't sure if he, he gravitated to her that early because sometimes the drummer can play everything in the band. <laughs> oh yeah i know i know I, I wish i was one of those drummers let me tell you um but no i, I was just uh, i started playing drums in school band in third grade i kind of like leaned that way and i guess because he saw musically i was leaning that way um you know it just it was just like a thing that came up it was like all right dan's gonna play the drums and then that was that was it i i, I never felt like pressured to learn to play the guitar though even though he was a guitar player oh that's cool did he jam with you because i'm trying to get my kid to play drums my seven-year-old I've been, yeah we got him an electric kid a, a year a couple of years ago actually now and so you can play some just standard like beats. Mm-hmm. So it's and that that was always the hardest person to find. It was a drummer. They have the pick of the litter in any band. <laughs> yeah, there's like a there's a 
saying uh if you're a drummer on long island you're in your fourth band looking for a fifth (laughs) (laughs) so true uh, i think that's anywhere right (laughs) yeah yeah or the if you want to give a drummer a heart attack just text him hey are you almost here we're going on soon and uh, (laughs) just watch him melt down trying to figure out which band is getting the uh, he's getting a text message from right now Oh, that's hilarious um but yeah i did jam with my dad uh a little bit um when i was first learning how to get like the coordination down for the for the drum set um because he's like you know he's like a big 70s rock classic rock guy and um i he's a landscaper um contractor so like i would do contractor work and landscaping work with him so like it was just like classic rock all day so that's like all that's burned into my head so we would just jam on like classic rock songs while i learned how to get the coordination down that's awesome he's like here's some acdc yeah yeah yeah, yeah, baby steps baby steps yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's cool man that's really cool so i mean third grade you started in the school band they had drums in the school band or like like uh snare drum or just percussion or yeah yeah it was percussion it wasn't like a jazz band or anything like that it was just more like um you know arrangements of like standards and classical music stuff like that like easy stuff for kids to play Mm -hmm. um and uh and then like i did that i like did good in elementary school band and then middle school band um they like i don't know if it was just like a more difficult spread of kids that there were or what but they were just giving me like shitty parts you know like oh. woodblock and cowbell tambourine and stuff like that and i wanted to do like bass drum and snare drum mm-hmm. so i just never i never really like got into practicing for that and then because of that you know i, I flunked out of school band in sixth grade Oh, so you never continued with it after that? No, no, not after that. And then, like, um, I guess, you know, this was where my dad being a musician helped. He was just like, do you still want to play drums? I was like, yeah, it's fun. They just didn't give me the parts that I like doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I was, like, uh, you know, like a much younger kid, I was always, like, the hitting the couch cushions of pots and pans with spoons, you know, when when MTV was on. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think he knew that I was, like, kind of, going that way anyway so I, he was just like if you work on my landscaping truck well you know at the end of the summer we could get a, a drum set maybe and that was it i worked on the truck got a drum set and then i was in my first band in seventh grade after that wow okay so i mean it's just such a different world right when you get the drum kit versus yeah. the single snare whatever symbols or whatever um right. what, were you the type of person that was just at home just drums all day after you got home from school that was pretty much it and uh big big thanks to my parents for putting up with me making a whole lot of terrible noise in the basement for <laughs> years and years and years and years but yeah i would just go down and i just play and play and play and play and, and play and i was like when i was young, much younger i was much into the very very into like the big big drum sets you know like the big you know extravagant ones from like leftover from the 70s and 80s that i would see on tv so i like I would just buy like cheap drum parts, like extra bass drums and toms to just try to have a big, a big, a, a big, big kit. kit. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. It didn't have to sound good, but it was just like, Oh, I have four toms and two floor toms and an extra snare drum. And I just wanted to like have one of those big Motley Crue sets, you know? That's funny. Did you like, how are you practicing? Did you just put headphones on and play along to some of your favorite songs or like, cause that's where I'm at now with my son we have a drum teacher, but mm-hmm. I don't, he's not into like learning how to read the music as much. I think he just wants to know how to play stuff. Like, is that, how did you learn when it came to actually playing the full kit? Um, just out of my was, own selfish curiosity. Yeah, no, no, it's a very good question. <laughs> um, it was like trial by fire, like throw you off a cliff and see if you could fly. I had okay. like a basic idea because you always want to start with like pad work and with someone who's just learning 
getting the getting the the feel of your hands hitting the sticks and certain patterns and stuff yeah. like that. So it was a great way to start. That was what I was doing in school band in you know elementary school and stuff like that. It was kind of like building that foundation. And then with the kit, I just like I sat down and uh and just i guess just from watching so much music television because like mtv at that point you know was much different yeah. than it is now it was just videos all day and i was right. just fascinated by by live music so like and I, you know watching the drummers i kind of just could just figure it out i guess and it took it took a, a couple of months for me to get like the body mechanics down you know and just like just willing myself to do it kind mm-hmm. of thing um but yeah, just getting used to playing with sticks and where the balance is in them and 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 stuff like that. That that's always like the best like first step. That's awesome. And you said seventh grade, you started your first band or joined your first band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, um, one of the kids from my class and uh another one of his friends that lived down the road from me, we would just jam out to songs. Were you just playing what cover songs? Yeah, yeah. We played we we could play like 20 Beatles songs and like wow. the Nirvana and the Nirvana discography. Um that was, that was like what we jammed out on all the time. And it was just, just play songs for as long as we could until, you know, my dad came home from work or someone else had to go home for dinner. And then, you know, we do that a couple of times a week. We In the summer, we'd play in the backyard. We had the cops called on us a couple of times from <laughs> angry neighbors from when we'd play outside too much. But, uh, you know, you just did it wherever you could. And again, my parents were like totally cool with like us having band practice at the house. I know that's like the first biggest hurdle <laughs> when you're young yeah, and start where can we play <laughs> yeah nowhere to play because no one wants all that noise but uh you know luckily my, my parents were very understanding and saw this was something that i was like interested in with my friends it was like a positive thing that i was doing too mm-hmm. that's awesome so how long did this band stay together the the one from seventh grade uh maybe like a, a year did you make it into high school or was it a different band in, in high school no i didn't really start playing in bands again until like my senior year of high school um in between that i would just like jam i play with my um so my brother played used to play trombone in like a ska band <laughs> when he was younger he's younger than me my brother um mm-hmm. but some of his friends would play like guitar or bass and then he started to learn to play guitar from my dad so i jam with like my brother and a bunch of our mutual friends we were all um on the fencing team together um oh wow that, that's yeah, awesome me, sport. yeah your school yeah. had some badass stuff i mean third grade you can play <laughs> drums you can fence in high school like i yeah. didn't get any of that <laughs> there, there wasn't really like a lot of schools that had it um in our area and whenever i say that i was a fencer it's either like i either get oh my god me too i didn't think anyone else was a fencer or how do you even have that sport i've never heard of it before you know yeah. it's, it's one of the two but we were all like friends from the fencing team my brother's like three years younger than me so we were in high school for like a year and a like a year together um and so we would just jam you know incubus songs in the basement because i was like my brother's favorite band so he was like learning all the incubus songs and you know other like early 2000s like pop songs we play and mm-hmm. um, so i was just doing that a lot at the time and then senior high school um we i was in a band that started playing like metal songs and right i think we wrote like two originals you know is that what, yeah, I was going to ask, how do you kind of get into then what you're doing now, which is way heavier than in, in an incubus or I mean, I was always into like heavier, aggressive music. Nirvana was the thing that blew the gates wide open for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause before then that, I guess like the heaviest thing would be like, like a guns and roses, but in, in it's heavy of a different caliber, you know, right. it's more like rocking heavy, but this was just like, 
you know, kick someone in the chest through a door heavy, you know, like it was a different feeling of the heavy, you know? Um, So I got really, really into Nirvana and like, like slam dancing and moshing and headbanging. It was like anything that has this, I want to do it. Yeah. Like, like give me more of this. And I got into rage against the machine. Um, And then I got into like in middle school, like when I wasn't really like, well, no, early high school when I wasn't really in bands, I was into like new metal. Um, Mm -hmm when that was coming out because that was like again the tail end of mtv like all the stuff like the trl stuff yeah um and that was just like easy and accessible um and then my you know i was just like i had always been into like pantera and slayer and um sepultura like the older like big big metal bands Um, pantera is still i think one of the greatest bands ever oh yeah yeah like it's like the it's the source code on on heavy riffs you know yeah in the drums i mean man Yeah, the river from which all else flows, man. I swear to God. <laughs> and yeah. like Vinny Paul, like when he wasn't playing incredibly crazy patterns, it was just a simple four on the floor, you know, with like a bell, you know, and a snare on two and four. And yeah. something with that, with like a good chug, like just a little bit behind the beat is just so heavy. It's and so uh, good. Yeah, man. He was like that, that really like spoke to me. I think Pantera would like when it had the Columbia house scam like you know oh yeah you get like penny yeah yeah yeah. i had that same scam dude i got yeah. southern trend kill and yeah. the cowboys <laughs> of, the cowboys from hell in that same <laughs> in that same kit <laughs> same thing you know and then you know like <laughs> they should they should have given a 16 year old a credit card what do you, what do you i expect? know <laughs> so yeah the, like, i had gotten like a lot of heavy cds from there all at once because it's like oh it's only a penny i'm gonna get i'm gonna like run the book on this and oh just yeah got, like, good so, ones too i think i had yeah. i got the slayer album where he's the guy which one is it he's in the has the white face i, I can't think of the album name on this on oh that it's one. like it's i think it was like diabolus uh and musica like that was the one yeah 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 that was the musica yeah 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 that was it yeah i i think i got um decade decade uh decade of aggression from that the live album slayer live, oh yeah yeah because I, I couldn't yeah. find it at like the record store by my house and i saw it there so i was like right, let's get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome that was such a great thing yeah i got i think i got both rate or at the time it was the two rage i guess rage records mm-hmm. um because i uh, when they were doing the scam i think uh evil empire was probably the only I one just come out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was that's that was awesome but now i guess you can get anything off a of phone or off your, like spotify but there's something yeah. cool about being able to pick them out on the in the cd thing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Anyway. yeah it was like what am i gonna get you know and then you didn't realize that they were charging the juice like $20 a month regardless you know oh just, yeah yeah you just thought you got 12 <laughs> cds for a penny <laughs> yeah i thought it was just that one thing and then you want this was like oh mom i owe 800 to someone <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. calling the cops on me <laughs> yeah. oh that's so funny um okay so that's when you started getting, or you you were listening to heavier music but the first right. band that you were in that was heavier was senior year of high school yeah 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 we okay. played um a couple of pantera songs a couple of metallica songs um couple of rage songs and i think like two originals oh and deftones we did uh oh, my cool. own summer and uh we played a gig at this like kind of like shady biker bar by our house because that was like the first show that we played but that's where all like the local like metal bands played mm-hmm. and uh i was pumped you know like my dad came to see us and uh you know it was just like all right yeah playing a show in front of people this is okay yeah <laughs> you know at that point did you kind of know this is what you wanted to do 
Um, I knew that I liked it. I like I had always thought that being able to play for like a larger audience was like next to impossible. Like mm-hmm. like it was just like playing in the NFL, you know. Um right. and I, you know, I had no idea about like hardcore scene at all. It was all just like these massive arena tours, you know, like like Metallica, like you know, Pantera, like the Moscow Moscow video, you know, like stuff like yeah. that. Um, and just like, oh wow, this is like this is the only version of a band that exists. And then smaller bands play like, you know, the 35 person room that I just did when I was 17. There's like, it's, it's, it's either one or the other. There was no in between. That was like what I thought at the time. Um, and then like around that time too, is when I first started going to hardcore shows and saw that and then just realized anything was possible <laughs> as far as music goes, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a big scene where you, I mean, Long Island had, it was had so many bands coming out of it in the late 90s early 2000s and mm-hmm. i mean uh especially for that that style of music and in like the emo scene i mean there's so much happening um were you playing in multiple bands like after like when you graduate high school are you going to college for drums or not or like um, what was kind of the next step and then obviously this band uh you guys started what 2007 or 2007, 8 2007 um when we kind of like formed in the like the version that it is now um i was like after like just at the end of high school to the like my first couple years in college i was like in um like a punk band like a poppier punk band not so much like a blink 182 but kind of like saves the day almost oh sure um and uh, you know like and because i was like really into like our like converge my favorite band so oh was, really like, trying, I, yeah, yeah they're amazing i'm trying to put like converge stuff over like saves the day like guitar <laughs> so, like it, it worked out pretty good <laughs> you know we all had our uh, our flavors in there um we did like a, a an east coast tour where like half the shows got canceled so we just spent the first week just hanging out in the cities we were supposed to play at and then did the second leg and just played all those shows up because you know it's like what the, fuck, what the fuck else are we gonna do but right like, right this is like pre-internet times you know almost like uh-huh AOL oh, like just early died. Inter- yeah early yeah internet. yeah it, like aol you know like you could get internet all the time now instead of like 200 hours on a cd like it was just internet was always on but there was no like there was you couldn't email a promoter from your phone you had to print out map quest directions and hopefully one person in the band had a cell phone to make calls with otherwise you had to hit like a payphone, you know yeah. call the promoter on the way down it's like hey we're driving to north carolina it's 14 hours away just want to make sure the show's still happening tomorrow you know yeah, like, i was gonna was- say i bet you there's a lot of showing up and they're like uh there's not a band tonight you're like uh we're supposed yeah. to be playing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's like that was like how it, I, it really was you know it was it was like it's weird to think about it because it's not that long ago but it technology wise it seems like we were just like using homing pages and carving stuff out of stuff oh yeah you know? like stone ages for sure yeah 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 um oh, well at least you had the opportunity to tour that must have been i mean especially now obviously you guys have been doing this for a long time um mm-hmm. and but to then was it just through bands like how do you eventually meet the other guys um and and you said that this version isn't the it wasn't the first band or uh no I, yeah I, I mean i like between like all that early stuff in incendiary i, I try to play in as many bands as i could um, oh, but i meant like with incendiary was that like oh was that your was it sounded like there was maybe a different lineup of people and then became this one you said around 2007 were you guys still this incendiary at that time 
Yes. Um, so the band had like three of the members of the original lineup moved out of state. Um, oh, okay. And then the bass player and Brendan, the singer, wanted to keep it going. And they had, they knew, you know, because they had been friends in the hardcore or the Long Island hardcore circle, they knew that there was plenty of people to pick from if they wanted to keep the band going, which they did. Um, and then um, I'm like, I grew up in, you know, young adulthood with um, Tom from Straight From The Path. He lived down the block from my parents and we would play like roller hockey together. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember them when they were like, 16 17 putting out our oceana and they recorded at my friend's studio before i even met them he played me one of the tracks and i was just like god damn this is ridiculously heavy and then i wound up meeting him like a few weeks later and we've been friends like since like 2004 you know wow Um, but uh so like he was just like yo dan who was the original bass player was like a bunch he's looking to get a drummer for this band incendiary you know him through our mutual friend john hit him up you know, and see what's see what's going on. And uh and I did. And he was just like, Yeah, oh yeah, I remember you, John's friend. Um, you want to play drums? Sure. Sent me the demo, learned a couple of songs, had a practice, and and that was pretty much it. And then it was just like um me, Brian, Rob, and um Brendan for like the have been like the the four like core members like since two thousand seven. Wow. And then once the band like what was kind of the first milestone for for you guys as a band? Like once you're probably playing a lot around Long Island or New York. Mm-hmm. And then um, like, what's the net, what, you know, what would you say kind of the first, I, I guess it wouldn't be like a, like, it doesn't even have to be like a big break, but just something having to be like, well, this band's really got something like this, this could do something. Yeah. It was like um, in like a two year span, like we put out crusade, the first full length. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, and then we did like, because like, from the onset with this band, we knew like we didn't have time to like tour full time or do like a two week tour or a three week tour or, you know, anything like that go out for long stretches. So we were like, all right, let's save up like all our vacation time, you know, like block it off at weekends and we'll drive to Florida and back and play a bunch of shows that way. And mm-hmm. then like, that was my first, like, all right, you know, like, cause I had done longer tours with bands that were already in existence and I was either like filling in or, you know, their drummer left and, you know, they, they had me come in and do tours or whatever. Um, so I was like kind of used to doing longer tours. Um, and this one was, but it was with bands that were, had already had like an established fan base. Right. And this was the You're first one. Filling from, in or whatever, touring, right, but, a touring musician or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And this was like the first time it was like a band that I had kind of like helped build from day one you know, mm-hmm. music wise, and we were going out and doing something and, and booking shows and going places. And like, it was, they were like, it felt like significant shows because like stuff was sticking. Like the, the earlier band where all the shows got canceled, like that was, that was a band, like we were having fun playing together. We were all really good friends. And like, if we got paid in free beer from the bar at the end, we'd be happy. But this right. was like, <laughs> the first band is like, oh, we have like merch and people want to buy our records. And like, people have like more than 10 people know the words to this song. This is pretty, you know, like it's interesting now, you know, like let's, let's like get it going. And that was like, that trip to Florida was like the first, like, yeah, you know, we're getting it going. Wow. I did. You, you just mentioned it too, that you guys don't actively tour very often or did you has that never been the case i mean and again i've been burned a million times on the internet and i just read something that said that you guys don't really actively tour all that much as a band right obviously you've done a bunch of festivals and you played with all these massive artists Mm -hmm. um what was 
is that just some internet bullshit that I read or, you know, no, it's, um, it's believe the hype. We, we have rarely done full tours. Like the longest we'll go out is like five or six days in a row. Um, I think when we went to Japan, we were there for like 10 days, which is like short, I think it's a normal time, but like short by international tour standards. Um, sure. we've done a couple of like, you know, seven or eight day ones, but that's about, but it's not like a three run. months, like a whole United States one yeah. run tour. No, we haven't done anything like past 10 days. That's what's like the, the longest we've ever gone. You know, what's the, like, why is that? Um, you don't mind me asking. <laughs> no, no, not at all. We, we all have like life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and unfortunately like hardcore doesn't keep the lights on or yeah, you know, definitely. Keep the payments on your car for five people. Um, so and we all were kind of like moving into that phase when we started the band um uh, we were either okay. like like um going to graduate school finishing up college already started like our like this is Careers. my career this is like yeah. my job that i'm going to try to do for 20 years and retire on kind of thing mm -hmm. um so we knew we had like limited time to work with and it was pretty much like vacation days and holidays is sure. when we and we tried to maximize our time um, that we could do stuff. And we we all kind of like from the onset, we're just like, let's try to do it as much as we can, like with the time that we have available and just try to like hit it as hard as possible in that time. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. I was just curious if, yeah, if there was another reason behind it, but no, that makes a whole lot of sense. And you guys have put out so much music and so many albums and uh, it's been what, six years in between. You have the, Almost, your yeah. new albums coming out in a couple of weeks, but mm -hmm. um You've had a lot of time in between. Was there, um, was it just all focusing on this new record? Obviously, there's a pandemic in the midst there that, you know, kind of <laughs> knocks kind of, out a couple of years of, kind of, of our focus. life. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it makes certain things available. Um, I mean, it's five, five years between full length releases is about our pace. Okay. Um, so, like, it, there was never like a, a pressure to to put out another record or you know like oh it's been two years we have to put out new material because we're touring so much you know like mm -hmm. um i think because of our infrequent touring schedule it allows us to play those songs for like a little bit longer than say a band who has a more full touring schedule sure um, because it's just like you know hey you know southwest united states this is the one time this year we're going to be here um you know, and you get to see these songs. It's not like, oh, we're playing here in March, but we'll also be here in August and also be here in December. Got you know, it. Yeah. Where, yeah. where you kind of like, you kind of like, if you play the same set each one of those three times, like you might, be, you might bring some people out to it. But like, mm -hmm. if, if we're playing the same set, but it's like a year apart each time, the, the burnout isn't so bad. Yeah. That makes, no, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, there's never like a real, uh, or not urge, but like a need to be like, okay, now we gotta we gotta put a new record out. We're doing another, you know, yeah. you know, twenty five state tour. We've got to get everything out and blah blah. blah. Right, right. We've yeah, always we need, had we that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've always kind of had that leisure to, so to wait it out a bit. And do you feel like with this fourth album, like, uh, was it different going into this one versus the other? I'm sure it was, but like mm -hmm. with the pandemic and everything else, did that mess up anything as far as like this album went or? Not um, really. The I would say the only thing was that it kind of like stretched out the pressing time for the records. So oh, it was okay. more about a delay on the back end than on the front end. We had been done recording it for like um, almost a year before 
we got like a release date, you know, for, for the next, you know, coming out um, at the end of this month. Um, so <clears throat> it was, it was just more about like the, the, the pandemic causing logistical issues on the, on the back end. Um, mm-hmm. We started writing, <clears throat> me and Brian first got together, like, I think it was like July after the practice spaces opened back up after the initial um, shutdown of everything from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a crazy, like emotional roller coaster because like, so beginning of pandemic, I got COVID like almost right away within the first like two weeks of it. Oh, being out. Yeah. Back when, you know, it was just like, oh, you're definitely going to die if you have this, um, you know, like when that was just because, yeah, you, know, you just see ventilators and that yeah, yeah, bodies, and it was like, exactly, exactly. And like, just like, like the nobody knowing anything, uh, you know, and it's, it was just wild. And then two days later, um, found out that my wife was pregnant. Um, oh, man. so that was like super intense. <laughs> so well, congratulations. Had, but uh, thank you very much. I mean, yeah. what a, what a position to be in when yeah, you find man. that news out. For sure. For sure. And then we had to like scramble to like, um, buy a house. Cause we were in like a single bedroom apartment. So like trying to buy a house when everyone's moving out of Manhattan in the boroughs mm-hmm. because no one's going to work at the offices in Manhattan anymore. Right. What's like, the point of paying that? Exactly. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, you know, $5,000 a month rent is a mortgage is less than a mortgage is, you mm-hmm. know, a mortgage is less than that, you know, a right, of, of course. Is less than that apartment. So everyone's moving out. Shit's going crazy. We managed to find a condo um, and then having to renovate the whole thing, you know, and then by the time, you know, we settled in here, uh, you know, stuff was opening back up, you know, the practice spaces. And it was just like, I didn't know if music was going to like come back the way it was at all. You know, mm-hmm. like a band like Coldplay post pandemic, let's just say everything you had to be sitting in a domed, you know, section of 10 seats, you know, to go see something at Madison Square Garden. You could go see Coldplay. You could go see, you know, Aerosmith. You could see huge bands play at those places. The type of music that I play specifically is not for sitting down. It's climbing <laughs> right. you know, yeah, doing you, karate kicks. you know, there's 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 that involvement between performer and fan that like that line that doesn't exist that pretty much only hardcore has that Mm -hmm. like is what draws people to it and if you don't have that it you know like the like the music dies you know no 100 percent. so like i was just like what what is the music that i am passionate about gonna look like after this you know is like is it worth it to even like start practicing you know like why you know it was it was i got really existential um, you know, thinking about music in the, in those months after the pandemic, you know, after the lockdown and things slowly started opening up. And after that first practice, I was just like, I, d- I don't care if we never play another show again, I'm just going to keep coming out here and keep playing and, uh, and just work on stuff, you know, like just keep your mind right that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine like, I, I haven't, I haven't thought about it that way with the the style of music versus like, you know, it sucks every, if, if, if it came back and everyone had to be in a bubble or when they first started doing it in the car. Like, you imagine mm-hmm. seeing Converge and you're in your car to drive up show. Right, like, right, it's right, like yeah. none of it makes... I didn't put any of that into, like, really 
I didn't think about it until right now. That's just, yeah, you're hundred yeah, percent correct. You're not, if, if you love terror, you're not going to sit politely and watch <laughs> terror, you know, right. <laughs> and you're five by five square. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, it, that, that's not how this particular style of music is meant to be consumed. No. So like, it was just, it was just, I was just like, ah, oh, man, what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad everything's like kind of working out now and, you know, it's, it's, it's good to, to be back. Yeah, definitely. And you guys work with Will Putney on this album. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, was it, or is this the first record you've worked on with him? Oh uh, no, other? we did we did Thousand Miles Stare with him. Oh, okay, he's great. I had him on my show Amazing. talking about. It, I think he had just put out something with Fern Autopsy, but um, yeah, his his production uh, resume is insane. So working Absolutely. with him again, you you guys knew you kind of knew what you're getting into and. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like so great to work with on Thousand Miles Stare. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people like don't particularly aren't particularly fond of of the recording process. I, I love it. I, if I could do it every day, I would. Oh, <laughs> it's really? Just, yeah. Yeah. It's, I just like it. It's fun. It's like um, I know you just push yourself to be the the like to get the best version of the thing. You know, it's like the playoffs for me. Like everything else is just like practice in regular season, but recording is like this is where it counts. This is where you have to be good, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, going like going in with this 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 album, obviously you guys have worked with him. You kind of know how he works. Mm-hmm. Um, was so there's probably yeah, obviously the, you have the tr- the the trust in being able to kind of convey your your ideas to him. Was like going into this album. Was there a different approach or, you know, no, I mean, we, we, we approach every album pretty much in a similar fashion where like we, we know we have to get to like 10 songs. Right. And so we, we will like, just, we will write to 10 songs. I know some other bands will write like 15 or 16 songs and then like pick the best 10, but mm-hmm. we just like, let's just get 10 and just make those like make each one of those, like the best version of those 10 songs we don't need to do any more than that um and we were like super over prepared nerds so we will get the songs <laughs> to like between like 90 and 100 percent like finished you know um mm-hmm. i mean at least to us and like, the cool thing about working with will is like it, he he's totally knows our style and the way we think and the way we write and stuff like that so it's like this time it was a lot easier for him to help us you know carry it the last five yards you know, get right. that last little bit in where, um, you know, we had because we had that previous rapport with him. We knew like, oh, OK, if we don't have like if this isn't our favorite version of this course, we could be we could just like ask him like, hey, we're not a big fan of this. We were using this kind of riff as a placeholder. You got like maybe a, like a little different other idea how to like push this one way or the other. Or we can't like decide between two different versions of a part. You know, like, mm. you know, he'd be like the tiebreaker kind of vote or like a, a um, an objective voice in the room that didn't have like an emotional attachment to a part and just be like, yeah, cut it. That part sucks. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Well, is, is that how you've all went? Have you went into all your albums that way where it's like, OK, we we're just right up to 10 songs and then that's going to be it instead of showing up with. All right, we got 30 songs and then we're going to knock this <laughs> down to 12 and then potentially 10. Or has yeah, no, it always been the way that you guys have done it? That's always been the way we've done it. And like, I, the, another thing that bands that generally can have, because again, with our schedule, we can't spend like a month straight in the studio or even mm-hmm. like five days in a row. <laughs> you know, it's like a lot right. of 
our recording was going after work, you know, to do guitars and like blocking out weekends to do drums. So do pre-production drums one weekend and then a whole week would go by and then go back and record the drums for real. And then guitars would be like a full weekend. And then anything else they had to do, like effects or doubles, they would drive to New Jersey after work and do guitars after work, you know, stuff. like Wow. That. Yeah, that's fascinating. And are so you because, guys do? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because, so because we didn't have that kind of like those consecutive days to work in a studio like that, we had to be like super prepared with everything because we couldn't go back and do rewrites for two weeks. You know, we had right. to like this had to be it here. You know. Yeah. So you had everything like like you said, like ninety five percent ready to go. Like, okay, these are the songs. They're gonna go like this. Mm -hmm. Let's go in the studio and just hammer them out because of the way that this the recording setup is. Yeah, has to be yeah. done. Exactly. Very cool. And you're doing some shows though, right? The sport. Yeah, community. yeah, yeah. We got a we got a bunch. Um, pretty much like our whole summer is just like packed with stuff, which is yeah, a lot of fun. I like I like seeing a busy calendar. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for doing this today, Dan. I appreciate your time. Oh, of course, of course. I I, I really enjoy talking about music with people. It's uh, you know, I I I, I like doing it with people who haven't talked with it. Um about music before so it's good to get like different points of view and you know fresh fresh takes on stuff i love it man well i have one more question before i let you go i want to know yeah. if you have any advice for aspiring artists ah um play with as many different types of people and different styles of music as you can or is as, as afforded to you um because being able to work with different like strengths of personalities um having knowledge of different musical styles it only benefits you um whether it be from a performance or a writing aspect you can come up with a fill taking from inspiration from different places um and it just gets you used to to working in different scenarios and i think that kind of experience is, is invaluable <laughs>